Good morning, everyone, and a particular warm welcome to Ellis and all of his family and friends who are here with us this morning. Um, I'm going to read uh, a brief passage from uh, John's Gospel. Um, If you'd like to follow it on the Bibles that are uh, on the pews in front of you, it's on page 1064. 1064. And it's uh, John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. Let's just take a moment to be quiet before um, I uh, share some words about this passage. Lord, I pray that you will be in my words this morning and in our hearts as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, many of you will know, um, back in August, my wife uh, Claire and I acquired a Labrador puppy by the name of Ella. Um, She's obviously um, rather less of a puppy by now, uh, physically at least, Uh, mentally, we're still working on that one, Um, but um, she very much looks uh, like an adult dog these days, as we hopefully can see. There is Ella. Uh, Butter wouldn't melt in her mouth, apparently, although this photo is taken uh, straight after she had had a really good chew at one of Claire's more expensive academic textbooks. So um, appearances can be uh, slightly deceiving. She is very gorgeous, though, as you can can tell. I love her to bits. Anyway, um, when we acquired her, Um, I'm pretty sure that I recall uh, Lee, um, or it might have been me, 
um, saying to you that he was certain that Ella would crop up in sermon after sermon after sermon. And I think um, I've been quite restrained, really, in that this uh, today is the first time I have um, popped her up on on the screens or or spoken about her at all uh, in one of my preachers. Um, But I was in the garden uh, earlier this week with Ella, and I was um, reflecting on what I was going to say today. Um, And I was throwing her ball um, down to the far end of the garden, down to the far end of of our small lawn, and... um, uh, watching her uh, race after it to, to fetch it. And I gradually came to the realisation that um, she would be a great place to start what I want to say today. It's not just a, an excuse to put a, a lovely photo of her on our screens. Ella and her ball are a great analogy for what often happens to us in our lives as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus. When she's in her best moments, um, Ella's attention on the ball is absolute. Um, as, so, as soon as the ball leaves my hand, she's off down the garden, racing away, grabs it as it bounces around um, the rockery and the bushes at, at the end of the garden, and she pegs it back to me uh, and sits there, uh, drops it in front of me, and waits for me to chuck it again for her to do exactly the same thing again and again and again. She's completely focused on this one thing, and nothing will distract her from it. However, and um, to be quite honest, this was uh, quite a feature of our time together uh, in the garden on Friday. Um, There are occasions when she sets off down the garden, following the ball, and then something distracts her. Something far more interesting grabs her attention. Maybe she catches sight of of a pigeon or a magpie or um, some of the small garden birds in in one of the trees that overhangs the garden. Um, Sometimes um, she she has her her gaze drawn by the trees or the bushes waving in the wind if it's a particularly breezy day. So she completely gives up on the ball that's been thrown for her. And of course, this becomes even more so when we go to the park, um, where um, the attraction of the ball just fades into the background compared with all the excitement um, of squirrels or rolling in leaves or particularly playing with all of the other dogs that are out there as well. Um, And often the excitement is simply too much for her. And I throw the ball and she runs off and I fetch the ball. So it strikes me the way in which um, Ella behaves like this is an all-too-accurate picture, uh, an all-too-accurate metaphor for how, if we're not careful, um, we can live our Christian lives. Last week, uh, Lee kicked off our sermon series for this term uh, on our vision and values as our St. Giles Church family. Um, with an explanation of our vision. Our vision is to be a community of disciples seeking to witness to Jesus and serve him in West Bridgeford and beyond. This week, 
uh, I'm speaking about the first of our St. Giles values um, that inform this vision, that um, underpin it, that flow out of it as well. Putting, if you like, first things first. Putting Jesus at the heart. In our better moments, um, just like uh, Ella with her ball, we can be 100% focused on the most important thing. For her, that, of course, is this ball. For us, it means being absolutely focused on the person of Jesus and what he means for the way in which we live our lives as a community of disciples, as his followers. Within our vision, um, we seek to be a community of these disciples. And a a disciple is a follower, someone who's um, rather similar to an apprentice. But an apprentice um, ceases to be uh, an apprentice if they don't pay attention to what their teacher says and does, what their teacher demonstrates to them, um, what they're shown so that they um, might learn and be able in due course to do the same themselves. And we see this in uh, today's reading um, from um, chapter 2 of John's Gospel. This uh, miracle of turning the water into wine is at the very start of Jesus' public ministry. It's the first of uh, the signs or the miracles, if you like, that uh, Christ performs um, throughout John's Gospel. The first um, sign that reveals his glory, as John tells us in verse 11, to show his followers uh, and to show um, us who read John's account of his life um, the divinity of Jesus, that he's God's son. Christ's mother, um, Mary, um, establishes the focus for the whole of John's gospel um, with her instructions to the servants in in verse 5 of of this passage. Um, They're confronted by this uh, this dreadful situation of of having no wine um, to share with the guests uh, in the second half of the wedding. Um, And so uh, Mary uh, turns to, to the servants and says... Do whatever he tells you. Listen to Jesus. Put into action what Jesus tells you to do. This is John's message um, for those who want to know about Jesus then and those who want to know about Jesus now. Those who want to follow him. Do whatever he tells you. And just as Mary's words um, set the tone for um, John's gospel, uh, so putting Jesus at the heart, putting first things first, sets the tone for for all of our values uh, in the uh, St. Giles family. It's not only the first of our values, um, it's the one uh, that's preeminent amongst them, the most important of the values. From this value flow all the other ones that Lee and I will be sharing with you uh, in our preaching series over the coming few weeks and we'll be talking about uh, in our home groups as well. We see um, 
the absolute centrality of the person of Jesus to living the Christian life. In the words of the baptism service, Ellis's baptism service that um, we've just had, um, when we declare, in what we declared in welcoming uh, little Ellis, who's sleeping beautifully, fantastic job, Mum, um, into welcoming Ellis into um, God's family, into the church. Uh, and in celebrating uh, this joyful event um, with him, with his mum and dad, and, and with all the family and friends who are here with us today. When Ellis um, was uh, presented by Marsha and Mike for his baptism, um, Lee asked uh, them whether they will uphold him in his new life in Christ, and uh, whether they and Ellis's godparents uh, will walk with him in the way of Christ, in the life of any Christian, uh, and in our communal life uh, as uh, the St. Giles family, following the way of Jesus, looking to him in all that we do, living in relationship with him. This is absolutely fundamental. Without Christ at the heart of our lives, um, and as the inspiration and the motivation uh, for all that we think and all that we feel, um, all that we say, all that we do, um, everything is um, without purpose. As we um, read in uh, Psalm 127, um, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless God, uh, in the person of Jesus, uh, underlies our lives. Unless we have the purpose uh, that living our lives for his kingdom gives to us. Unless we have the certainty of salvation that comes only through faith in him. Then all that we're attempting to create in our lives. uh, Maybe uh, any sort of legacy that we would love to have. That um, is worthless. So what form does, taking, uh, does having Jesus at the heart of our lives take? What does a life in which um, first things are put first look like? I think there are um, three key elements to leading a Jesus-shaped life. Firstly... Uh, Such a life is based on the foundation of God's word, on the certainties of biblical truth. If we're to know um, what it's like to, uh, what it is to live in the fullness of God's image, then we must look to the life of Jesus as revealed to us in the four gospel accounts. Each one of us um, bears um, the spark of uh, divinity Uh, God's divinity within ourselves. Each one of us is made in the image of God. But it's only in the person of Jesus that we see um, this image of God brought to its full and its glorious perfection. The perfect life, um, which we, through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, can aim to follow. The model for our lives. So, firstly, uh, for us to lead a Jesus-shaped life, we need to stand on this truth contained in God's word. Secondly, 
um, the second element to uh, a life with Jesus at its heart is prayer. Communicating with God, speaking to God, and um, sometimes this one uh, is rather um, neglected, I think, listening to God. If each of us thinks of our closest friends, could we imagine having a relationship of any depth with, with them if we're not in regular communication with them? And not just um, scratching on the surface sort of communication, not just talking about the football results or the latest video game or, um, or the bargain that we've managed to snap up in the sales last weekend. Um, but we speak to our closest friends and they speak to us and we listen to each other about the most important things in our lives. Our passions, our struggles, our pains, our joys. If we're genuinely to have Jesus at the heart of our life as a St. Giles family, we need to spend quality time, both individually and as a family, with him communicating at this sort of profound and meaningful level with God in prayer. Jesus said in his introduction to the Lord's Prayer in uh, Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 11, he said, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray. Jesus couldn't uh, imagine a life in which he didn't communicate with his heavenly Father in prayer. And if we too are to live a Jesus-shaped life, we too must communicate with our Heavenly Father in prayer in the same way, in depth of prayer and frequency of prayer, in exactly the same way as Jesus did. So a church life that has Jesus at its heart first stands on God's word, And second, it's rooted not just in individual prayer, but also profound communal prayer. A prayer life um, in which we speak to and listen to our Heavenly Father day in, day out. And thirdly, a church that puts things first is one in which we worship God with the fullness of our beings. I won't um, dwell on this point um, terribly much today um, because one of our other uh, St. Giles values speaks um, specifically about how we um, worship as a community. Um, So either Lee or I will be um, talking to you about that uh, on one of the uh, coming Sundays. Um, But suffice to say that uh, Jesus... Uh, a couple of chapters later in John's Gospel, uh, when he's speaking uh, to uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, he says uh, about worship that true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. The first purpose of the whole of humanity is to worship God, our creator. We're called to do so as a St. Giles family in ways that reflect all the dimensions of who we are. 
in Christ as his church. So as we uh, will head out and go our separate ways at the end of this morning's service, um, I hope um, each of you will recall our St. Giles vision to be um, this community of disciples seeking to witness to Jesus and serve him in West Bridgeford and beyond. And let's each one of us, um, as part of our church family, remember to put first things first. May we hold Jesus um, revealed to us in God's word, with whom we communicate in our prayers, and to whom we raise our voices in worship at the very heart of our lives. And in doing so, may we shed his light, the light of the world, the light which uh, we had symbolized in the candle that was presented to Ellis in his baptism uh, just a few moments ago. May we carry that light into every place that God leads us. In his holy name. Amen.